So focus on building relationships and then everything else just comes from that. Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinna. Hi, I'm super excited about this week's episode. It's much more focused. We're going to be talking about a specific topic with my good friend Ian Paget, local geek. But before we jump into that, I want to remind you to stop by iTunes and leave a review and a comment for this podcast. This is basically the lifeblood for the podcast to help it to grow, to help it to be more known, to get to a higher level. So I'm urging you, I'm you know hoping that you will stop by and subscribe, leave a review, a written review, and that will definitely help the podcast out. So subscribe and leave a review, a written review on iTunes. Now, this week's episode, as I said, I'll be talking to my good friend, Ian Paget, Logo Geek, about growing your audience, growing your community. Those who know about Ian Paget knows that he has a large following, almost 100K on Twitter. He has a large Facebook group. I think it's almost at 5,000 or more than 5,000, a large email list. So we're going to dive deep, some of the early practices, some of the stuff that worked for him, early days that don't really work anymore, stuff that work that he's doing now that works a lot. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it's super valuable to you and you get a lot of insight and this will help you grow your audience because I know it helped me. It just kind of helped me to look beyond the curtains of him growing um, his thing. So Without further ado, enjoy this week's episode with Ian Paget, Loki Geek. Well, I'm excited to have my good friend back on the podcast, Ian Paget, Mr. Hey. Loki Geek. Mr. <laughs> I'm glad Logo... to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Loki Geek himself is here to kind of dive into a specific topic, mm-hmm. which is growing your audience, building a community, and I... I thought to myself, who's better to kind of kick this off with? Ian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ian. So you are known for, you know what I mean, just pushing out content. A lot of um, logo-specific content, design-specific content. Mm-hmm. How, what, when you first started building your audience, like what were some of the things that you you said helped you to get to this point um okay i i think it's worth giving some background to this because i when i when i started out i i didn't have the intent of just growing a mass following it just kind of, it just kind of happened but i would say um when I first started with Logo Geek, I I wanted some way of promoting my business which was just a side gig at that point and um i originally started just posting on facebook um so i i set up a facebook page and i just started to post out content um and i also started to kind of um actually do some paid advertising and the goal of that was to attract clients Mm -hmm. but 
it didn't go to plan. Mm. What actually happened is other designers were following and interacting with that content, which I, because it was just for fun and just for me, I actually quite enjoyed that and I, I enjoyed finding content. But in terms of, of what my actual goals were, it was a, it just didn't go to plan at all. Gotcha. Um, but I enjoyed finding the content and I enjoyed sharing the content. So on, on my Facebook page, Every time I found something of value to me, I posted it on my Facebook page, and that was kind of a way of just documenting this useful content. Um, but yeah, the the numbers were growing really slowly, and um, in my day job, so um, I work for a, a web design agency, and and as part of that company, they've also got an online marketing team. Um, in this job, I'm now only part-time, but at that point I was uh, full-time. So being the, the sole graphic designer in the UK, I kind of got involved in everything. So I get involved in the marketing of the business, like ev everything graphical that the company might need. That was my um, role. And because I'm into social media and marketing, mm -hmm. I kept kind of pushing internally, we should be doing more on social. I kept saying this all the time. And I think my boss was a little bit fed up of me saying about it. <laughs> anyway, they, they they tend to interview people quite frequently and they was interviewing people for their um, online marketing team. And we had this uh, girl that came in who was really savvy with online marketing. And um, because she had a, a, a skills that kind of bridge from social media marketing to account management, they thought it would make sense to put her under my team and I would manage her and she would drive the social media marketing and also manage some of the um, uh, projects. And uh, she started to do some really interesting stuff with Twitter, so I was learning a lot from her. Mm. And um, she kind of had this technique where um, for her own pages, she she I think she had about fifty thousand followers, and I just started to ask her questions about how are you doing this. Um, and she was using a technique where she would find other people similar to her on Twitter, mm -hmm. and then follow the people following her, following them, and then they would follow but her back because it was similar content. And I thought that sounds really spammy, but I'm going to give this a go at home on my stuff. <laughs> so, by the way, you can't do this same thing anymore. Right. Well, it was borderline not okay at that time. But at that time, uh, and I mean, you're talking like just five years ago, you, um, you could literally go on someone's account, click followers, and it would list them all in the most recent order. Right. So if you went on that page every day, you could follow all of their followers mm -hmm. that followed recently. Right. But now they changed the algorithm, so when you click on that, it, it doesn't work in that way. It's, it seems to be ordered by the most interactive or something or the most prominent pages on that page, so mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work in the same way. Um, but what I decided to do at that time was try this out. So I'm, everything I was posting on facebook i decided i'm going to create a um a twitter account i'm going to use buffer so buffer is a it's a tool where you can kind of create a queue and i set it up so that i would have posts automatically going out to facebook and 
um, Twitter. Twitter. So on Twitter, every day, I made this routine. It's first thing in the morning at 6 a.m. when I wake up for work. I sit there and I'd follow people. And there was like a limit, like you could follow like 200 people. And and I would also post. So I'd find content to post. I, I think that's one of the most important things because when you follow people, that what they would do is they'll look who you are. And if they, you have interest in content, they will generally follow back. Um, so yeah, I just kept doing that every single day because I'm like, this, this is actually working. Mm-hmm. Like, I was finding about uh, 25% of the people that I followed um, followed back. Mm-hmm. And um, a- another thing that this girl did is once the numbers got to a certain point, because obviously if you're following like 200 people each day, by the end of the week you're following a cat count. <laughs> so she had a tool where... I think it was like unfollow me or something like that. You would unfollow everyone that doesn't follow back. Mm. And I just kept doing this every day. I don't do this anymore because it's not really needed. It was kind of like um, a really nice way of boosting the following numbers. Um, I would also say it is quite spammy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend to do that, but that is how with Twitter how my numbers grow so quickly and how I was to start, um, you know, to, to, to get to this point where I, I felt like I was becoming an authority, but it was a combination of what I was posting and the amount of people I was engaging with. And um, I also made sure that anyone that did send me a message, I'd respond to. I'd also ask questions. I'd interact with um, influence. I was, I was just, to, to be honest, I was spending a lot of time on, Twitter, you know, like just following, tweeting, um, you know, queuing up things in Buffer. It was a lot of work. It was probably about half an hour a day, mm-hmm. every day. And I just had this routine, like literally first thing in the morning, I'm on my phone. And there were days when it's like, you just feel like, what am I doing? This is just a waste of time. It's hard doing it every day. Mm-hmm. But if you have that routine of posting consistently, um, keeping the content up, engaging with people, that that alone is, is how you grow a following. But it was the following that, you know, following people of other accounts that were active that, that gave that immediate boost. As yeah. for now, you can't do that same thing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, bulk following people is gonna get your account blocked right. I got my account blocked a lot when I first started out because <laughs> I was doing it um, but it didn't matter because it was just an experiment and right. I, I think that's with audience building there are loads of these tips and tricks out there mm-hmm. some of them are not good you know some of them are spammy but it's worth trying you know right. it worked for me at the beginning um, but as for now you can kind of do the same thing but the, the way that you can do it is you can find um, people that that post similar content to you and then if you find their post you can see who's liking and commenting that post and if it's within the last hour if you follow them, like those people, interact with them, engage with them you know that those people are online in the last 24 hours so they are active in that 
space. So if if you like, I, I still do this now, and um, it works. And I, I just think it's nice to start interacting and engaging with these people, and and that's how you can grow um, grow an audience. Um, one piece of advice I always try to give people with audience building. I know I spoke about this whole spammy way of growing things, but the way that you can really do it, like naturally and and properly and and you know a white hat technique is every single day if you speak to one person you know physically go on their profile have a conversation with them within like half an hour you can become friends with someone online that you know you know you can find them quickly and easily because of social media you can find out what they're interested in you can ask questions you can comment can actually build a relationship with that person if you did that every single day um by the end of the year you'd have 365 days a year (laughs) you'd have 365 um followers that you know you're friends with and they care about you they want to be you know they want to be friends with you so that's 365 people that will engage with your content they want to know what you're up to and that, that's how you do it naturally, you know? But imagine if you did that to 10 people. Mm. You'd have 3,650 uh, 3, people. And 10 per day for a year is realistic, right. I think, doing that with 10 people. So if you just do this, that's how you build up um, relationships because people aren't just following you you've had conversations with them they trust you they know you they like you mm-hmm. and that's how you build up relationships like mm-hmm. you i know you from i think it's, i know you. yeah from, that's literally like that's the, literally we, what happened we first. have conversations <laughs> exactly conversations like this like just see it as building friends and relationships and one thing i would have to say i know i've got a, like ninety two and a half thousand followers on twitter but in reality, it doesn't really mean anything, that number. Mm. Like, it, it doesn't really add much value to anything. It's all the relationships, like the real relationships that I built up during that time mm-hmm. that have been most valuable. And and it has been the sharing of the content and kind of being seen as... Um, like, if you're posting about logo design every single day for, like, five years and you've got no followers, even without the following, you can see this person knows about logo design has in has a passion for it and i think that's what you know when uh when people are looking for like someone to be on their jury all they need to do is look at my twitter and they're thinking okay this guy knows knows his stuff and that's i think it's that alone that's got um that's kind of drawn these opportunities to me because a lot of the opportunities that have come to me like being on juries, I haven't, I haven't gone to search for them. Those people have come to me, and it's been because of things like Twitter and my Google search results for certain content that that's allowed me to be in that position to be seen as someone of influence around that topic. And people want you because they want your name attached to what they're doing. So right, right, right. Hopefully that answers your question. Well, I mean, like. <laughs> Some of the stuff you said, that's literally because I remember the first time we we met, we spoke. Yeah. Um, we had a I had a mutual friend of ours on my podcast, mm-hmm. and I think you 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 
you reached out to me and was like, "Oh, great podcast!" And yeah, after that, yeah, that's we, what I that's we, what I we do. after I that, we, yeah, after that, we talked for like I think it was like almost an hour through t- yeah. Twitter's messenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I've been doing every single day, connecting with people chatting with people right and now it's like a consistent thing that we do like from time to time yeah just like yeah, exactly. conversation well it's just that and that's what these tools are for but like people keep seeing it as like i've got an account that has got this many followers social media is, is literally the best way to find like-minded people from anywhere in the world and you should see it as a tool for building relationships don't the, the, the actual numbers are just vanity numbers. They don't really mean anything in reality. I mean, it's nice to be able to say I've got an account with 92,000 followers, but I don't really have 92,000 friends. There's In reality, there's a few thousand of people that I actually know really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, literally, like I said, if you are able to speak to one person a day, you keep doing that consistently for years, you're going to have a high following number. That's how you build up communities. Like, I've got a Facebook community that has a lot of people in there. A bulk of the people in there are people that I've spoken to over the years, and I've just told them about. It and they come in, you know. That's right. that's how these things grow. Mm-hmm. What's what's people, the the Facebook people. group? What is it at right now? It's, um, it's I've actually just hit a landmark. Um, so I've just hit five thousand. Um. It's a funny, it's a funny thing because with... yeah, I can't, I still can't believe it because I remember when you first started it and you were telling me you were first starting it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I, I think it's worth giving some background to the group mm-hmm. as well. So, just over a year ago, um, I I moved, so I had about six months of moving and sorting, and and now I've got like a a, a proper office area. And then I sat down, I got a whiteboard up here, and I wrote down everything that I would like to do. And um, I've kind of got two things on the go. So I've got a part-time job, and then I've got the Logo Geek side of things. Uh, Logo Geek, most of the time, it's client work. So working on logo design, or I've got one client that I do all sorts of just general graphic design for. So kind of like freelance graphic design services. But... I, I did this plan on on the board and um, I, I split Logo Geek down into two sides. One side where it's the server side business and then the other side is um, building up a passive income. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in terms of like long term value, the with with a service, there's your trading time for money. So, you know, you do a couple of projects each month, unless I keep increasing my, my hourly rate, there's only so much money that I can earn. But with um, sponsorship, affiliates, stuff like that, it's a very lucrative thing because you can build up, you can basically, it's, it's possible when you have an audience to build up a passive income. So what I mean by that is building up an income without actually doing any work. You know, mm-hmm. so you can be in bed and sleep and then, you know, a few hundred um, dollars or thousand dollars or whatever would would come in. So I, I wrote, wrote down on my board, um, like training course, resources, books, like every every idea I had. So products, 
um, a podcast and all, all this sort of stuff and um, uh, a lot of the items on that required an audience and some kind of community and this was at a time when I just started joining Facebook communities myself. I don't know if that time they were a new thing, but they were definitely growing. Um, and there was a few really good communities that I was part of. So I thought, okay, training course needs a community. The book needs a community. The podcast needs a community. Well, none of these things like, existed yet. But what I like to do is um, I, I like the concept from the book of the one thing where you have this somewhere out there goal and you work towards it and uh, um, based on that it made sense that if I'm going to build up a community I should just set it up now and slowly build it so by the time I do finish my training course in like realistically three two years three years time by that time there would be a couple of hundred people in there that's what I was thinking so I set the I set the group up and I expected it not to really do anything I, I literally just thought it would just sit there people would sign up there wouldn't be any interaction but I, I didn't really care it was just more I've got that bit done and then I'll slowly start promoting it through anything I do um, so at the same time I also started planning my podcast um, because I was at a point where I could get a sponsor on board um, and that meant I have a state I had a stable income um, in my part in my uh, two days a week that guaranteed that I had enough money coming in for the next like two or three months um, so yeah there was that and this thing happened where I started telling people about the community on Twitter I started telling um, people on my email list about the group I started telling people on the podcast and I think it was day one it went from zero to like 200 people mm. and I, I didn't know what, there was no plan for the group, but suddenly there were all these people and there wasn't any decent logo design groups online. So everyone was kind of jumping in, talking, interacting. And I was really surprised by that. Um, but yeah, the, the numbers kept growing and growing and growing and, uh, there's a lot of mistakes I made at the beginning and a lot of things I learned. So I can I can talk through those things if you want me to. Sure. Okay, so at the beginning, um, I noticed day one, people were, all, people were posting and interacting. And then it all went silent. So even though you can bring people together, you need people... How do you get people to interact? Because one of the problems that you got, there are like hundreds of groups online and people sign up to all of them, but they might just post in one. You know what I mean? Right. So you need to find a way of making those people post in your group. So what I started doing was I started to create posts that I thought would allow people to interact and engage. So I've got two admins. I'm an admin as myself and then my logo geek facebook page is also an admin so from the logo geek page i started to create things like share your best logo design or asking questions like um 
what 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 agency do you look up look up to you know who who inspires you you know questions like this that would people would see it and they'd want to answer and by doing that people started to get people started to you know, interact with the page again they started to ask questions and once you kind of get them commenting more on the group it becomes their go-to group right so you have to keep it's kind of like an engine um you can you get people in but what you need to do is keep like revving it up right right and and it probably took about six months to get to a point where people were posting on a regular basis and now it's like there are posts in there on a daily basis i don't actually need to do any of that um uh, kind of engine kickstarting that I did right. at the beginning, but I still try to now and again because I can see all of the interaction that happens, and there there is always a dip um, if I don't do anything like this. So I, I try to when when new people come in, I try to give them a shout out, and by doing the shout out, it it just gets them interact with the group from the outset. It gets them to know me. Um, they feel like they're part of something, you know. Right. And I think if you can get people to feel like they are part of something greater than themselves, that's when they want to ask questions and interact and stuff like that. Um, another thing, another problem I had was um, there was a lot of people signing up. Um, I had the group set up as a closed group. So on, on Facebook, there are different types of groups. There's basically private group, which no one can see but you can invite people in closed group which just means that it's public but unless you are in the group you can't see any of the posts and then public group so i had a a, uh, a closed group so that just meant that you have to request access and when you request access i asked people to ask questions i added that in as a a method so that i can find out who was coming in so at the beginning because there was only a few hundred people it was easy to kind of go oh i know that person they're coming in yeah right, right. you know it was, it was people that i know at the beginning but then you get to a point where i need to be careful how i word this you get people that are gonna post crap <laughs> sign up and it's it's difficult with groups and anyone that's been on any of the big um, graphic design groups knows what I'm talking about. It, it, there, there are a lot of people out there from all parts of the world that will just post rubbish and, and comment nonsense. And I basically wanted to avoid um, posts like this because it just doesn't add any value. And, and I, I think this poor quality of, of posts and, and co commenting and stuff like that is what kind of ruins most Facebook groups. Like there, there are a lot on Facebook. There are groups of like 75,000 people and it's just, you can scroll through them and it's just crud. It's just people posting the Behance links. It's just people like posting, like, what do you think? And the, the comments are like, it's, it's, it's really good. And it, in reality it's not you know the the feedback is poor everything is really bad mm. so how do you how do you stop this and at first i'm like okay i'm gonna get around this by manually checking everyone that comes in but if you have a life and you have work and you have other things <laughs> on the show, you should manually check through 
maybe 10 a day is okay but i was getting to this problem this situation where the queue was going up up in the thousands you know uh, a few weeks back i had maybe like 5000 people in the pending queue it's a ridiculous amount of people wow i can't basically go through that list and check everyone so i i decided okay what i'm going to do is temporarily temporarily turn on post approving and the reason why i did that is because i'm like i'm just going to make a quick 2 second choice a yes or a no and i'm just going to look at their profile look at what they wrote and make a call am i going to let them in or not right so it's not a proper checking it's just making a quick assumption about that person do i think that they're going to spam do i think they're going to be good and i just make the call so it's yes it's either a yes or a no um by doing that obviously sometimes you you accidentally let in people that are just dropping fiverr links and people that are just dropping their behance links as comments that's got seriously you get people out there in the world from these poor it's generally from poor countries who think that a good way to market their business is to go on a group and just start dropping behance links mm. this is what people do um so the 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 post approval allowed me to filter out those people so anytime i notice someone just dropping fiverr links i just remove them from the group and any i i generally checked every day comments if i saw any like bad comments i just removed them from the group and um the post approval was originally only meant to be temporarily because by putting it in place literally every hour of every day of every minute my phone is buzzing because the post needs approving or something like that but what i did find is that it gave a lot more control it meant that i could control when posts were going in i could filter out the rubbish um because the 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 with groups the reality is when you get a lot of poor quality posts the good people stop posting right and because you got a lot of bad posts all the bad people think it's okay to post their crud you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just goes downhill from there so these things like post approval filtering people out booting people if they just post nonsense this keeps it at this nice level where the quality is there but it allows um cuz i mean you it's okay to post stuff as a beginner is when it's just i don't know how to say this without sounding like I'm being patronizing but sometimes you get work that is just so bad no one can help and i'd rather not, not, not <laughs> um i like if if someone was posting that stuff and they gave a nice description of what they're trying to do that is fine because you can see that they they've made an effort they're still learning they've given context and because they're given context people can help them steer them in the direction give them the advice they need it's when they post that bad stuff with no context mm-hmm. that's when it's like no one can help with this right. no one can add any value that person's not adding any value so i i also put in rules um 
so you have to provide context if you don't provide context i just got this blanket rule no matter who posts if there's no context it just doesn't get in and that kind of helped with that as well because it meant that sometimes you might get something that looks really bad which is okay if you provide a context so that people can help and advise gotcha Gotcha. Uh, um it's hard because i i because there's like five thousand people in there now I do get people that announce to me that they're leaving the group because there's a load of poor quality posts. And I find it annoying when people do that. It's like, maybe you should post some good stuff, you know, balance it out. But um, I can't I can't help with those people. Um, but yeah, it's do, doing these things, putting in the rules and, and doing uh, basic things to control the, the posts that are coming in, I, I found it really useful. Um, something I have found very surprising that that's worth knowing for anyone that's going to be building a group in reality, you are bringing together thousands of people that are interested in a topic. There will be fights. (laughs) People start arguing and it's because it's Facebook, it does become very real world. So I've had to diffuse fights. I've had to beat people out. Um, you you have to be aware that with a group is it's it's a lot of work. You you have to be prepared to like, as an admin. You have to be prepared that you're going to have to deal with these situations because you're dealing with mass numbers numbers of people. And um, if you get people that with like twenty years of experience talking about typography and they don't agree on the topic, you, you they start fighting and, and you need to pu- keep an eye on it and, and pause posts and, and remove people if needed. Um, that side of things can become quite a lot of work. You wouldn't expect it with Lego design, but it does happen. <laughs> wow, like this is like a full-on, like you're like a full-on <laughs> moderator. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work. You can, I mean, to to be fair, you can bring in other people. So that, like, when I first started, I was doing it all on my own. But I got to a point where, um, I don't know if you ever wake up at, like, 3 a.m. in the morning and just check what time it is. I'd see all these queued posts, so I'd open up the group at 3 a.m. and start approving posts. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and it, it becomes very consuming. So bringing in other people that can help moderate the group um really helps and and what you can do is keep an eye on people that are active in the group active in the community and just ask them you know i see that you're really active um i'd like to give you moderator status so they feel like they are part of something and if you bring in a couple of people they can help approve the post defuse fights um remove posts that are spam all this sort of stuff so that for me i to be honest if i didn't have um other people helping me with that i i i I don't think i could do it it's too much work for Mm. one person and um unless you have a proper strategy for monetizing the, the group in all honesty it's it's you don't get the return that you should for the amount of work that it, it, it is. It's required. 
yeah yeah it is a lot of work it's a lot of time a lot of dedication but i do think facebook groups has become the best way to be build a true community yeah i have a group um i'm I'm, i've kind of it takes between all the other stuff that i do the time right now to kind of consistently run it it's it's yeah it's yeah. rough it's rough it is me. hard you like um having a twitter page or a facebook page is basically you can have it just sat there and you can just post but the the reality with a facebook group or a community it's real people interacting consistently and you need to be prepared as a moderator or or admin to actually put in the work to um, control that and and keep an eye on that and stuff like that. Um, if you're not prepared to do that, the the group's just going to die. People won't want to be part of it. So, um, I mean, there, there's obviously ways of monetizing groups that that can make it worthwhile. Which I, to be fair, I do have a plan for. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you have that plan. Um, you need to be really in it and, and you know it has to be something that you really are passionate about you shouldn't start it unless you're prepared to put in the work that, that's required for such groups right so what are some of the ways like you can monetize a group okay so um you can have people sign up to a membership so mm, okay. I'm not sure how it works with the Facebook rules. Like I, I got a, I got a feeling that they don't necessarily allow people to charge. But um, things that I've looked at is maybe doing a a pro group. So it would be a group that people will pay for and they pay a monthly fee. Mm-hmm. So there's that way. Um, you can like one thing that I do is now and again, probably once a month. I will promote affiliate links, but it will be products that I would probably use anyway. About anyway, so mm-hmm. things like font bundles. Um, if if I find a really good font bundle that's like twenty nine dollars for ten thousand worth ten thousand dollars worth of typefaces, what I could do is get an affiliate link, and that means that anyone that will purchase through that link. We'll get the product at the same price, but I get 20% of that sale or 10% of that sale or whatever. So that's, that's an easy way, and that's something that I'm currently doing. Um, but, yeah, the, the the pro group is something that I'm considering. I'm just trying to work out the best way of doing that. I'm also looking at um, potentially getting a sponsor. Um, I haven't seen anyone get sponsors for their group, but what I was thinking... Um, it's just an idea I've not seen anyone actually do it but what I was thinking is that maybe every month I can have someone that's a sponsor and and what the sponsor can get is basically a permanent ad slot in the uh, pin post section right for that duration and also maybe they could do a live feed and demo their product or service or whatever and they mm. could do sessions and maybe there might be X number of posts a month. Um, so I've considered that. Uh, I've never seen anyone else do that, but that's one idea that I've got. Um, yeah, the the paid group. 
and then obviously there's all these other things as well like what, what you can do is once you've got a community you can create products for them right so if you're able to ask them questions to find out what their needs are you can create a product that solves their problems gotcha. so it could be a training course it could be a book it could be um documents that they can download but basically things that solve their problems that they can pay for so that's another thing that i'm thinking of doing okay uh, okay Makes i think sense. that's pretty much that's pretty much it maybe i'm sure there's other things but that's that would be the what i would personally do um and and what i'm uh looking at doing at some point especially with the um just given i guess a sponsor the opportunity to do like a live stream yeah on your group yeah. to kind of just talk about their product and stuff like yeah, that that yeah, sounds yeah. Like super valuable yeah so it'd be good for them and good for the community as well um i've considered like talking to the guys that um i don't know if you see live surface surface mm-hmm. it's a really cool plugin for illustrator mm. i love that product i'd promote that product but if the team could actually come in and go guys i want to show you this it just this here's a special link sign up for it that would be valuable for them and also for the community so that's something that we could potentially do so with the group do you think like um it's best to have like a specific topic around the group they kind of just um I, th- I i think so um because with with facebook groups there's a lot of groups online and um there's a lot of graphic design groups mm-hmm. and there are the really big ones but being honest totally 100 percent honest all the big ones are terrible they accept everyone that comes in and every single post just goes into the group they're, they're not properly moderated so realistically those big ones they're not even worth looking at but there's some good generic graphic design ones and i think some of those are kind of already secured the space and and anyone trying to compete with that it's just i think there's still room for that but it's not worth it why why would someone start posting in a new group when they can actually get the help and advice that they want in you know one of the good groups of like ten thousand people in there they're more likely to keep posting in that but if with something like logo design i was in this lucky space where there were only the big groups there were only the poor cruddy ones so just creating a small group specifically around logo design it meant that uh designers that were in all the other communities were interested in this and if they need feedback specifically around logo design or questions around logo design because it is an, an a niche group and the content is specifically around that you're more likely to get a better response in the logo in the logo design specific group than you are with um general graphic design so yeah i i think it, it makes sense to um I, I just think you're more likely to have more success if you niche down mm-hmm. um and and just find a community around one specific thing. Sounds, sounds good. All right, so let's do some um, best practices <laughs> now. I know about okay, at least talk to ten people a day. Yeah, which is a phenomenal advice. 
that's something that anyone can just start yeah doing it's easy now it's you easy. can start doing that now you know by the end of the week you're gonna have 50 new followers and 50 new friends right right so, so outside of that any other best practices um for general audience building mm-hmm. um with facebook groups um one of my favorite facebook groups is actually one with 10 10 12 people in there it's a private group that one of my friends started and what he does is he'll interact in all of the groups and then anyone that he really likes he'll speak to them and go do you want to come into my group Mm. so if you're going to create a community or a group it doesn't need to be big so you could take you could take that route you could kind of like go through the groups online already chat to the people and invite them in so that's one way it's similar to what i said about speaking with them um I would say also create consistent content. So when I say content, that could be blog posting, it could be videos, it could be um, Instagram posts or uh, Twitter posts or whatever. Whatever platform you choose, and I recommend just to do one, so just focus on one. Um, I like the saying that you burn one fire, focus on one fire, rather than trying to light 10 all at once and none of them ever burning. Get one burning so it's fueling, flaming, and then start on the next one. So pick one. Um, I pick Twitter just because I don't like being on camera. Um, Creating content for Instagram takes a lot of time. Um, I like writing, so I was able to write and post things out quickly. It was ideal for my lifestyle. But maybe you're more image driven and and you like taking photos, then every day create two or three pieces of content that you can share on Instagram. But whatever you pick, be consistent. Consistently put it out. Uh, What else would I say? Uh, Yeah, and, and the same with whatever platform you choose. So if it's Instagram, post and also engage. Engagement is key. Um, the generally these social media platforms they have algorithms um that give more juice to people that are using the platform right that's so true if, so rather than just posting also engage with other people right. um you don't need to do many just maybe just every day try and interact with people like their pictures comment on them all this sort of stuff yeah because i remember there was a specific topic and um, there was an event going on around it that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And I just went and searched that hashtag. Yeah. And just talked to everyone that was talking about this event. Yeah. And that day alone. And you would have done it on only one platform, right? right you? Yeah. You can't and do it on everyone. You don't mm-hmm. have time. Just right. Focus yeah, on I just, one I and just do it did it on Instagram. And that day, I think I got about, I think it was almost 50 followers. Yeah. Yeah. And it, is, it goes back to the original advice I said. Just interact and engage with X number of people a day. That's what you did. I mean, there, there was more layers to it. Like, you was um, searching the hashtags and stuff like, mm-hmm. stuff like that, which you need to do. But at the end of the day, if you want to build up a community or you want to build up a following, you have to engage with people. Mm-hmm. It's all about engagement. And that is it. It's the same on every single platform, whether that be Google+, or your website or whatever 
it, if you're looking for readers for your blog, it's all about finding people that want to read it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can try all these tricks where you're just marketing to mass numbers of people, but if if you just focus on making friends with people and connecting with people on a daily basis consistently, then every single day you're going to build up a following, and and everyone can take that advice. Right. You know, a little ten-year-old kid can take that advice and and make half an hour a day for it. Or your grandma can do that. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Find people online, search for them, pick one platform, and just start engaging. And that's how you build up. That's how you build up a community. It's yeah. all about people. It's all all about relationships. That's all there is, really. Everything else is just. You can create content for the audience, but if you don't have the audience in the first place, it's just a waste of time. Well, I think on that note, <laughs> that note, I think uh, we could end it right there. I mean, Ian, that was <laughs> some good advice. I mean, I just like the idea of being able to say, okay, talk to more people online. Yeah, just, just talk to just, more just, people just, online. Just, just interact with more people because nowadays, you know, no one just don't just follow anyone anymore those days are gone those days are gone people have to trust you yeah they want to know like and trust you and if they know like and trust you they're going to buy things from you they're going to support you right and now that's how you monetize the audience Mm -hmm. if i bought out a book if i bought out a book i know that you'll buy one right and those are the people that (laughs) till this day that buy stuff anytime i'm selling something those are people that they're not even thinking which is, they're not even thinking about what I'm selling. It's about who's selling it. It's about supporting them. Like, I, I follow, uh, I always listen to Pat Flynn. Mm-hmm. And even though if he writes a book, I probably know everything that's in it because I listen right. to all of his content. But I'm going to buy it anyway because mm-hmm. I like the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when I support him, I, you know, want more from him. So that that's how sales work. Especially when it comes down to, you know, book sales. If you mm-hmm. want book sales, it's your friends that buy it at the end of the day or people that like you or, um, I mean, obviously people that also want to know more about it. But in, in terms of those initial sales, there's people that know, like and trust you. So focus on building relationships and then everything else just comes from that. Awesome. Well, Ian, thank you so much for doing this, man. Well, really, I really appreciate this. Um, for taking the time out to kind of share no some worries. of your experience. Sure, no problem. It's good to speak to you again. <laughs> right, right. So where can people go to find out about you? Um, since we've been talking about the, um, the Facebook community, is uh, if you just go on Facebook and search Logo Geek or Logo Geek Community, you'll find that group. Um, and... To be honest, if you just do a Google search for Logo Geek, you'll find my website. I'm on I'm on Twitter mostly and in the Facebook group. So join in any of those, and um, I'm always happy to uh, have a chat with new people. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Ian, for coming on. I really You're appreciate welcome. it. No worries. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building, your community growing to the next level. I'll be doing more of these where I talk to specific individuals that I know that are well experienced in a specific area to help you and help me build our empire for lack of a better word or just to build our thing. Um, Remember to stop by iTunes, Passion Behind the Art, 
and leave a review and subscribe. It's very important to me. It helps the podcast grow and it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys to know what you like about this podcast, what it's done for you. So jump on iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. Passion behind the art. Be blessed.